This one Lock is for David Dello. To David Dello, rest in peace, and the Dello family. God bless. This is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Justice This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. Fantasy Justy here, folks. How are you tonight on this great, great Saturday evening? Coming to you live from D-Land, Florida, where it's, I don't know, it keeps keeps teasing whether or not it's going to rain or not, and I really don't know what's going to happen, but doesn't matter. Absolutely fantastic night. Every night that you can talk sports is a beautiful night to me. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Fantasy Jester Show. And really, folks, everybody, I hope wherever you are, it is beautiful night. And let's talk some sports. Let's get this going tonight. Let's take a look. There's a bunch of things that we're going to go over tonight. In tonight's edition, Sports Mix and the RT17 debate. It's going to be an interesting show. We're going to have, obviously, wherever I go. I have JT with me, my co-host on all three podcasts. And if you haven't had the opportunity, don't forget, Wednesday nights, FXE Live, the wrestling exclusive show. Then you have Thursday nights, great show. Really, people are loving this one. On Thursday night, just before the Thursday night football game, you have the gridiron guys. Like I said, tune in if you're a football fan. Tune in to Thursday nights. You're going to absolutely love the show. If you don't, I'll give you your money back. Can't beat that. Seriously, though, folks. And then tonight, obviously, it's the Fantasy Jester Show, brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, your kingdom for everything fantasy sports, and more, and more. Did you know, and this is something to tell your friends, If you're a guy out there and you're listening to the Fantasy Jester Show, did you know if you're married and you listen to the Fantasy Jester Show, your wife will know where she wants to go for dinner when you ask her. And ladies, if you're out there and you're listening to the Fantasy Jester Show, your man will take out the trash and not have to be asked. We have that kind of effect. It is far-reaching. It's not just sports. It's a lot of stupidity as well, let me tell you. Tonight, seriously, though, folks, we're going to make you laugh at some points here, but we're also going to, for those of you who know the show, you might be new, those of you who are new, here's what it is. We've got to run down. We go through every sport. We hit it this week. MLB, 
the playoff picture. You know, here we are. We're ready to get things started. Let's get JT's take on this one. He's a fantastic baseball analyst. He knows rosters, not just on the major league level, but all up and down, double-A, triple-A, single-A ball. He keeps an eye on these players more than anybody else I know. So we're going to get something from him later on on MLB. You know, and then I want to talk about real quick, you know, just like Jeter. Derek, uh, Derek Jeter transcended whether or not you were a Yankee fan. There's plenty of Boston fans that give him respect. David Ortiz for the Boston Red Sox transcends the rivalry. Tonight, I want to just give a quick shout out to Big Poppy later on. Some of his stats on a 40-year-old guy. Then also, we're going to have wrestling. Obviously, we're going to have wrestling, you know, between WWE being out there, FXE starting up, all the TNA news, you know we're going to hit that later on, okay? I, we're going to hit wrestling about as hard as I like to hit Meltzer right now. Um, that's where we're at. Then, on top of it, you have the NFL. We're going to have the great debate about RT-17, Ryan Tannehill. Now, you know, when I, we talk about Tannehill, I didn't realize, you know, I grew up up in the Northeast, in New Jersey, big Giants fan. And, you know, I really thought that the whole New York, New Jersey, tri-state area there were competitive people and really hard on their teams. But, boy, let me tell you something. I've joined a couple of chat rooms and different areas. You know, I cover – I'm here in Florida now, so I cover the three teams. I watch them closely. I go see them. I go to their practices. I talk to their players, to their coach. I talk to everybody in the organization, from PR department down to the guys on the field, whether it's a coach, player, assistant coach – doesn't matter. So I cover the three teams here. And what I have noticed, wow, wow. There are some really rabid fans that really don't like Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. And we're going to get into that. That debate right there, I'm willing to bet that on tonight's show, there will be more fireworks on the debate over Ryan Tannehill than there was on the presidential debate. Then after that, we're going to go ahead. Absolutely. We're going to run through the picks of this week here, what everybody's got, what to look for in each game. And then we're going to wrap it up with our, our, our segment, King's Ransom, Fool's Gold, JT fires away at the fantasy jester, and just it gives you his little nuggets. You know, uh, on Thursday, I'm starting to build a nice little rep on Thursday. Different things that I'm hitting on. Two weeks, uh, three weeks ago, Matt Forte nailed him. Two weeks ago, Gronk, don't start him. This week here, we were talking about the difference between the running backs or my pick, Kenny Stills. Now, Kenny Stills was the only guy on Miami who got that score. 
The quarterback play, yeah, you know, I got what I expected out, out of Dalton, okay? He had a good night, pedestrian night. Eh, fantastic, but not something that's going to kill your fantasy team. But then Tannehill has the night that he has, and, you know, like I said, it's not helping the debate, and we're going to get into that later on. And a little bit, like I said, I'm going to bring in JT. And, and you know, real quick, folks, for those of you out there, I want you to know, even though I'm a Giants fan, I call things how I see it. And I have to say, you know, I put the invitation out there, and I don't expect Odell Beckham to come on. And I put it out there to Jarvis Landry, and I don't expect Landry to come on, but I'll put it out there. I'm not, I'm not that known yet. I'm getting there, but not yet. Okay, and I respect that. That's fine. There'll be a day when I come calling, these guys are going to answer. And uh, right now, I take a look at Odell Beckham, and it's a concern. It's a concern, okay, because he has, you know, people felt that T.O. was a detriment to his team because of that me-first attitude. That me-first attitude will kill a team. I don't care how talented you are, son. I really don't. You are not the only talented wide receiver in the league And because of the Giants' drafting acumen, you are no longer the only talented top-end receiver on your team. Now, get off the me, me, me kick and get back to being a teammate. Because I'm going to tell you, I had an interesting conversation this week about you in particular, Odell Beckham. I love you dearly. I think you're supremely talented, okay? But you got to grow up, man. They call it professional football for a reason. There's a reason why Eli Manning has Super Bowl rings on his finger, or fingers in this case, and somebody, I don't have to go into it. You guys already know the players I'm talking about, the troublemakers in the league. I can go down a whole damn list right now of guys who were me-first players and never saw a ring. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we're going to bring JT in in a second. There's a simple solution to you, Odell. You're lucky I'm not your quarterback. Because I'm going to tell you, there's one simple way to solve any prima donna wide receiver. Do you want to see a touchdown pass again? Do you want me to look every other way but you and then finally get to you? Do you like making a big contract? Because I'm Eli effing Manning, two-time Super Bowl MVP, and I'm not going anywhere. Now, I like the idea that, you know, while last year Manning didn't pull him to the side the way I would like, but he did go ahead this year and – and start to talk to him. My condolences go out to the kicking net. And uh, personally, kicking net, the next time he lays a glove on you, kick his ass. That's the way I feel about it. Grow up, Odell. Professional football. Paid millions to act and play like a professional. Simple thing. Act like it. You're paid millions to do it. 
Next up, folks, let's bring him in. I, I can't wait to get him in because you know what? As much as I like talking and hearing myself talk, and trust me, JT will tell you, I like hearing myself talk. Why do you think I started a radio show, folks? I can do this all friggin' night. You want to hear me talk? Really? I can go on hours on end. You know, I could do like a telethon. Hours and hours. Maybe we will. One day, maybe, as we get bigger, we will do a sports telethon. We'll take over where, God bless him, Jerry Lewis left off. Something to that effect. I'd love That would be a privilege of mine to be able to put something like that together. Because, yes, I can talk all day long. But it's not half as fun. Not half as fun. With a guy on Twitter that is F-E-Z-437. It is not half as fun just flying off about sports without the book of knowledge that I call a friend and my co-host, Jason Townsend. Jason, how are you tonight, sir? Jester, I'm uh, doing about like the weather here in Columbus right now. It's a little cool, a little damp, and a little dark. My Dolphins embarrassed me on Thursday night, and being as close to Cincinnati as I am, taking quite a beating over the last few days because of it. You know, it's just, uh, and then now we down here, we're keeping an eye on a monster that, you know, we're hoping uh, makes the turn. Otherwise, we're going to be ducking for cover middle of the week. And quite, tra- quite truthfully, yeah. uh, both the wrestling show and the, uh, the football show this week is listed as questionable. Questionable if I have electricity, you know. Um, actually, it's not really the electricity. I have I have a generator here at, at the house for these purposes, but it would be more the internet that we run the show through. Yeah, and I, I remember those days living in Orlando. My last year down there was 2004, back to back to back hurricanes in September, October. So it's a prime time for that. Yeah, it's that time, and, uh, you know, we haven't had anything major, thank God, in years, so really can't complain, and, you know, it's not that it's going to hit, it's, uh, right now it's uh, it's supposed to just, uh, you know, kind of graze us, but all it has to do is shift a little bit, and, we're, you know, we're right in the path, so we're keeping an eye on it, and uh, we're preparing accordingly, and, uh, no, the only thing I want to prepare for is what's up in the MLB, JT, I know you cover, you love baseball. Looking at the playoffs, what what are you surprised about? What's your concerns for teams going into it? Uh, well, my biggest surprise is the Mets having this late season push with the anemic offense <laughs> that they have uh, to actually make the playoffs. And it's really the bane of my existence at this point because you know, one of our other reporters on FantasyJesterSports.com, Busy J, is a big <clears throat> Mets fan. And if you ask him, hey, who's going to win the Giants-Vikings game this week? His answer, the Mets. So, <laughs> as you can see, I'm pretty much going to have to deal with him on Twitter and, uh, you know, and everything else in life. But baseball's been interesting this year. Uh, my condolences go out to the family of Jose Fernandez. I want to say that. Tragic thing that happened to that kid. Uh, baseball was robbed of probably its brightest star on and off the field. So big loss for the Marlins organization there. But as far as on the field, David Ortiz, somebody you mentioned earlier, 
guy's playing like he's 27 years old. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm looking at this guy and, you know, 40 years old and some of what he's doing, and even right up in this last month, okay, I mean, overall this year, 168 hits, 48 doubles, 38 homers, 127 RBIs, batting 316. And you look at some of these other ones, JT. How about this? He's got 84 strikeouts to 79 walks and a 625 slugging percentage. Uh, 40 years plate discipline is, Yeah, his plate discipline has always been uh, out of this world. And it kind of makes you wonder – Go all the way back to 2000, what was it, 2002, 2003 offseason when the Minnesota Twins let this kid walk. Oh, my God. He's just been a monster his whole career, been like this, and here he is at the age of 40 putting up these numbers during the season, and you figure, well, you know, maybe he's slowing down. No, over his last 87 at-bats, he's batting 333. So here you are. Yeah. You're at the end of year – you're 40 years old. You're at the end of that season, and you're still batting 333 like it's nothing. I can't believe he's leaving the game. Should he leave the game at this point? I mean, I don't understand. Uh, you, you go out on top. Maybe it's the Barry Sanders theory. You know, you go out while you're on top, and your lasting memory is that and not kind of a Peyton Manning with 79 yards passing in the Super Bowl type of thing. So – you know, go out while you're on top. I don't see anything wrong with that. The guy's probably made, uh, between baseball and endorsements, more money than five generations after him are going to need. So why not go out? Yeah. Well, and again, he's, uh, like I said, he's one of those players that just transcends the sport. Okay. It doesn't matter if you're a Yankee fan, Boston fan, doesn't matter. Same as the respect that a lot of Boston fans give somebody like Derek Jeter He's just one of those guys, and because of his work ethic, how he carries himself and respects the sport of baseball and the city he plays in. I think that's the best way to sum it up. Yeah, he started the whole Boston Strong movement a few years ago. You know, talk about a guy that's active in his community, uh, active with his team. And the AL East, I mean, you know, the the, the, you know, division he plays in, I mean, we're talking about – three teams right now qualifying for the playoffs. And I love how the Yankees are having such a horrible year. In reality, they're only two or three games out of the wild card. So, you know, that's, that's a bad year for the Yankees, and yet they're still over 500. So the AL East has just been absolutely dominant this year. Well, you have to understand, again, I came from the Northeast, and I understand the mentality up there. Uh, I, it's one that is just not realistic. You're supposed to win every year. You're supposed to be great at every play. You're not supposed to have a losing year. A losing year? 500's a losing year. You know, there are teams out there, and I didn't realize all of this until I moved away from the area. You know, it really is something that from being up there and living up there, you do. You really expect to win all the time, every game. It doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter if you're a Ranger fan, a Nick fan, an Islander fan, a Devil fan, Giants, Mets, Yankees, any of these guys. 
up there, you are expected to win every game. And a 500 season is the biggest disaster you could ever have. And I didn't realize just how silly that was until I moved away. To actually live that the only way that you're succeeding is, well, all right, we, we can't have a down year. And what that does is it makes for longer droughts, if you ask me. You see a team like San Fran, you've chronicled this uh, on several occasions, JT. San Francisco, every two years, my brother, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Every other year, they just seem to, you know, they don't get the, like you're talking about the highs and the lows. You know, I can speak from lows. Uh, I'm an Oakland A's fan, and, well, we're uh, low is pretty much where we live. So, you know, it's I can't remember the last time we actually did anything in the playoffs. So it's, you know, teams like the Yankees, teams like Boston, these teams that, you know, just put out a winning product every year. Fans got to enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, again, like I said, it's just that whole Northeast mentality. And you, you look at some of these teams now. Give me an idea. Now that we're here, do you have – who you who you figure? Let's say your AL championship game and your NL championship game. Do you have a feel yet for who you're looking at for those two games? I'll tell you. If you had asked me this a week ago, it would be a different answer. But the Cleveland Indians have ran into so many injuries in their pitching staff with Kluber and Carrasco and some of their other guys getting dinged up here. Brantley, another shoulder surgery. He may not even play next year. Um, you know, so Cleveland seems to have the injury bug going at him right now. So to me, the safe bet and what it looks like, you may be looking at a Texas, uh, you know, Texas Rangers, Boston Red Sox, uh, American League Championship Series. You know, and it's an interesting thing. You talk about that, um, that shoulder of Brantley and, you know, you keep hearing about how he keeps trying to come back, but there's some kind of weakness. And I'm starting to wonder if he shouldn't have what Finn Balor just had done. And, you know, we're getting ready to talk about the WWE. So probably the best way is, you know, talking about that kind of injury too, is Finn Balor just had uh, a shoulder surgery and just a couple of days ago had a procedure over in England to help. They took his bone marrow And they put it with uh, the enzymes that create cartilage, put it through uh, a centrifuge, and then shot that mixture into his shoulder where he has a cartilage defect so that it could build hardier, stronger tissue that he doesn't have. So I'm wondering if Brantley couldn't do something like that. You know, um, because he just keeps trying to come back and he's still having problems and strength seems to be the problem with that. So, yeah. So I wonder if that's something that maybe the Indians organization should really look into. Well, Um, look into that. But, Jester, let me ask you this. If you're Michael Brantley, okay, you're sitting on the on the shelf injured and you see this kid that they brought up this year, Tyler Nakin, have the year that he's had playing your mm. position. That's got to make you feel the pressure to get back out there. I wonder if that has something to do with the amount of times that he's told the, you know, the medical staff or the coaches, hey, I feel like I can give it a go. 
Sure, you have to. If you got a guy, it's just natural. You know, that goes to saying, and that's an excellent point, JT, because it's true. You, anybody, any man in any position in this world, I don't care if you're playing sports or you're a businessman, some young buck comes in, okay, younger, cheaper, all this comes in and shows that he can do his job just as well as you. That's going to make any man nervous. Uh, uh, and I just think uh, that was a fantastic point. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure he felt the pressure to rush himself back without a question. That's a good right. one. That's a good one. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's keep moving. We're going to talk more about the MLB uh, next weekend as we go ahead, have a better picture. We're through everything and get things going. But, you know, keep an eye on fantasyjesterSports.com for the coverage during the week of the wild card games and how things align. And let's get things going there for the MLB. It's been a long year. Now is fun time. It's October. Baseball fans, you've waited all year through a long season for this month right here. Enjoy. If your team is in it, enjoy. If your team isn't in it, that is the joy of baseball. And just like any other sport, you get ready for next year. Sure, you're upset right now, but you're lying if you're not saying you're there rooting for your team again next year. WWE, JT. WWE. You know, I've been waiting to talk to you about this, and I want to give credit where credit's due. I've read two fantastic articles on Bray Wyatt recently. One on our own FantasySuggestorSports.com. The other by a gentleman named Robert Lentini, who titled the article, Why Would Anyone in the WWE Fear Bray Wyatt? And I got to thinking, well, that's kind of crazy. He's billed as a god, the eater of worlds. In 2015, 246 matches, and he only won 39 of those. What? In 2006, yeah, two, yeah, 246, and he won 39 of them. I mean, you want to talk <laughs> about bad booking? And, and WWE portrays this guy as a god, and he wins right. 39 out of 246 matches. This year, he's only won 11 out of 81. Now, 11 of October, 81. So he's 11 and 70. Uh, yeah, not a good winning percentage. No, it's not a very good winning percentage, but the other part of that, that, the hidden number in that is he did 246 matches in 2015, and in, here we are October 1st, and he's only up to 81 matches this year, so he's on pace for, what, 120, 115, half the matches? Well, he had hurt his calf earlier in the year. Right, but that's my, but my point is you're seeing less of this guy on top of that. It just seems like the, the cards just aren't there for Bray Wyatt, and it's a shame because, as you've said many times, and as the article talks about on FantasyJusterSports.com, fantasy this guy has the total package, completely has the total package. He uh, – yeah, you know, this is, this is one of those, and – I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is one of those things about WWE that you just don't understand. You don't understand. You have this guy, and I've, listen, I told uh, Micah, okay, his sister, Mm -hmm. uh, when I emailed her about the article coming out and everything, I told her, Bray suffers from too good itis. 
See, they yeah, don't right. need him to win because he's so good. He doesn't have to win, and people still love him. You still have all the fireflies. People are buying all the stuff so that they can go ahead and have the fireflies. He is right, great right. on the mic. He is an imposing figure. He is a good worker in the ring. And by good worker, I mean not just his moves. I'm talking about his moves and how he protects who he's with. Right. Jester, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a guy who hasn't held the main strap put more people over that have? Because that's what they seem like they're doing with him. They're gonna put he's gonna put Randy Orton over, he's gonna put this guy over, he's gonna put that guy over. Guy's never even had the main strap and they use him to put everybody over. Yeah, you know, and I don't get it when, okay, your job is to make as much money on these guys as you can. You know, I liken it to this, and this is going to sound awful at first, but it's true. Think of a pimp. He's got a good hoe. She can get she can talk, she can get she can get any guy going for any amount of money, but you don't dress her up. You don't put her in the prime spots. You got her working on a ten dollar corner when she could be a thousand dollar in a club escort. It's no different. Your job is to pimp these people and make them make you money. I know. I'm in the business now. Your job is to make them sound bigger, better, better than they will ever be. Why are you holding back? You could have a major superstar. Major superstar. And you're burying him with losses. Mike, man. I mean, not presence. Not Wrestling ability. Not just losses. losses. I mean, you know, okay, you you win half, you lose half. I mean, 39 of of 246, I mean, we're looking at that. That's below 15% probably, if not below that, 10%. I mean, that's ridiculous. uh, That's just burying a guy for what? You're making, okay, at, at 11 and 70. At 11 and 70, in 81 matches, he is literally only 11 wins better than a jobber. Yeah, I guess you look at it that way, and he's well below the Mendoza line if he was a baseball player. So, yeah. A jobber, he'd literally be 11 wins ahead of a jobber right now. Did you see him going against uh, Braun Strowman in Strowman's next match on Raw? knows what they're going to I just got it okay yeah. <laughs> don't mind me a little slow as uh, people out there know uh, that have followed me on uh, either Facebook or Twitter uh, some of the hair dye has gotten to the brain I'm a, uh, I'm a step slow and imagine that hair oh, dye yeah. and a bald man yeah I, I always like that combination you know you, you, you tell me today you, you, you got hair dye on I'm thinking well, when the hell did he get hair? But then I remember 
Heidi Watney liked the beard. So, you know, it plays. The beard plays. Watney loved the beard. I don't know. I've got a, uh, maybe I'll shoot her a tweet of the, what I have folks so that, you know, it's October it's breast cancer awareness month and God bless all the women out there. Get yourself checked. Okay. Be safe. Be smart ladies. Okay. Um, my my beautiful wife, Mrs. Jester, is a cancer survivor, and really, folks, I could I couldn't find something more serious to my heart, and um, so yeah, I have no problem. I'm rocking. I am. I, I yeah, I'm a large guy. I'm six one. I'm two eighty five right now, and I am rocking a pink beard for the month of October, and I, I'm proud to say I am. Um, even though today on Twitter, imagine that, JT. Here I am. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do something good here, and imagine how I tweeted it. Okay, because I had the nerve to say, "Save the tatas." I offended somebody. Mom, I don't know. Proper grammar, Jester. Proper grammar. <laughs> I think that's Folks, the right number. You know what? We're going to continue on FXE, on WWE, okay, right after this message. Hi, folks. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find uh, Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive. You know, I really need help. This little gnat is bothering me, and I'm trying to swat it without swatting my papers. And he's annoying. I I really, somebody help me here. But seriously, folks, um, here's what we got. And, you know, we just heard from Deep Obsession, great people down there. You're in the West Palm area or you're coming to visit Florida. Can't think of a better place to go. They have all different dive adventures and none better than the uh, shark dive. You get to dive with the sharks. Get to see the reality between Shark Week and the reality of the seas because you're able to dive with the sharks, no cage, no cage whatsoever. So great stuff. Ryan and the gang will treat you like family. Let them know fantasy Jester sent you. You won't regret it. You know, as we continue on in the show tonight, we've got a couple of things coming up yet. 
Absolutely. We want to continue on with WWE conversation. What's wrong with WWE, what we're seeing. And also, obviously, talk about what's new with FXE, TNA, all that. How about Meltzer? I got something to say about Meltzer. Okay, and if you don't know who Dave Meltzer is, you're not really a wrestling fan, and that's okay, I understand. But Dave Meltzer touts himself as an insider, and uh, I'm touting him as a fraud. I'm starting to notice one thing. I'm starting to notice that if Dave Meltzer is an insider, okay, I'm inside people's closets then because I have crap that I know much better than Meltzer. Some of the crap that's coming out of Meltzer right now is just straight garbage. Um and that's besides the point. We'll get to that. Then we've got the NFL. <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, folks, I'm from the Northeast, Giants fan, tri-state, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut guy, okay? And I am used to heated conversations about their sports teams. I got myself into a hornet's nest lately. Regarding Ryan Tannehill, so tonight we're going to have the great RT-17 debate, and in a little while I'm going to give out the studio line, because I'm going to invite Miami fans to call in. You know, I don't understand the problem with Tanny, personally, for this reason. I can't tell you yet. I can't tell you yet. What I truly feel about his abilities. I have an opinion. My opinion isn't a bad one. My opinion is this. I've seen worse quarterbacks than Tannehill wearing a Super Bowl ring. That's for sure. So we're going to get into that. And then at the end of the show, of course, you know, we're going to talk. JT asked me my fantasy questions for this week's football, where I give you King's Ransom or Fool's Gold going to be a great show as we continue on in the rest of the show tonight going to bring JT back on in and talk about the WWE JT you know we left off talking about how they're just bungling everything with Bray Wyatt and you know it goes to everything that I'm talking about you know once upon a time folks and for those of you again listening to the show for the first time I am the fantasy jester. I am also the president of Florida Extreme Sports and Florida Extreme Entertainment in particular, which covers Florida Extreme Entertainment Wrestling and Florida Extreme World. They're the wrestling promotions. They're what we're getting into, folks, because we see... What a mess wrestling has become. And when I first came into it, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, I thought I could take over Florida. Boy, let me tell you, I'm seeing what WWE is doing. And JT, you have stuff like this with Bray Wyatt. Okay? You know, he can't be happy with it. What happens when his contract's up? Well, the same thing that's going to happen coming up at No Mercy when Dolph Ziggler has his Con, uh, basically career or title match and his contract is just magically happens to be up right after that you're going to lose talent like a Dolph Ziggler like a Bray Wyatt that I think can be headline guys uh, and they're going to go somewhere else 
I mean, and WWE doesn't care because they'll make another. That's their model. They'll make another. Here's the thing, okay? Yeah, but you know what I'm starting to notice, and for those of you who don't know, yes, despite the insider Dave Meltzer's lack of coverage on it, okay, uh, some people are covering it. There's a there's a place up in New York that's covering it. Besides us down here, obviously we're covering it because it's my own company. Um, I am really reaching out to TNA Wrestling uh, to uh, purchase it. <laughs> it. It really isn't a joke whether or not Meltzer wants to cover it or not. You know what? Meltzer's making an enemy, and if he's an insider, he's about to be very outside. Because as I come into the wrestling world and I take over things. Now, again, I'm going to be right there neck and neck by the time I'm done with it with WWE. And if WWE keeps it, I'm not even sure about the neck and neck at this point. Meltzer's going to find himself on the outside. I hope he's enjoying himself now as an insider because Meltzer, treat us like this. This ain't getting you inside, brother. You know, we look at what WWE's doing, folks. It's real simple. The things I'm going to change, you know what I'm going to do different? Because I know WWE isn't going to change it. They can't anymore. I challenge anybody to know what's going to happen in any of my matches before it happens. If there's no element of surprise in, in any of my matches, I will shoot myself. That's just ridiculous. I'm going to go back to some old school stuff that they used to do. I'm going to have less guys on the mic that shouldn't be on the mic and keep the ones that should be on the mic on the mic. I have a whole list. Tune in Wednesday to my list so that you know what's coming with FXE. JT, I'm happy to announce I am reaching out to some of these other guys. I want to know what Bray Wyatt's going to do after. I've already reached out to Del Rio and – you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm putting it out there right now, okay? And anybody want to call me on it, I can show you the email. All right, I'd be more than glad to post it. To CM, there's a Chicago-made guy out there that I reached out to who is a professional. There are professional men out there who deserve to work for – listen, he loves to wrestle. If there was another guy that could go ahead and provide him with the money that Vince McMahon could, he'd be there. He hates Vince. I understand why he hates Vince. So we're going to give him that option. We're going to give CM Punk that option. We're also, like I said, Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio. You know, Vince, keep throwing away some really good quality. I'll be more than glad to scoop it up, scoop it up, scoop it up, sir. I have no problem with that. I have absolutely zero problem with that. So, you know, keep doing that. We've got a bunch of other things. Wednesday night, FXE Live, 9 p.m. Don't miss it. We'll go into this further. You know, we're going to go ahead, folks. We're getting ready for the studio lines to be open for RT17, the debate. It is something that is hotly, hotly contested. But first, and you know what? Let me give that number out now so we can start getting everybody in. I'm going to give the studio number out. If you want to talk, 
about Ryan Tannehill, whichever side you want, call into the studio. We'll try and get you on at 657-383-0371. I'm opening the studio lines for all callers right now. 657 383 0371. Love to hear from you on this. It is a hotbed topic. We're getting ready to bring in. We're going to kill two birds with one stone, JT. Yes, indeed. We're going to get. Here we go, folks. FXE, one of their developmental wrestlers, who happens to be named Mako, is going to join us tonight. Going to talk about FXE, and uh, I guess he had an encounter uh, this past week with Joey Cage, uh, JT. Uh, yeah, didn't you send Joey Cage hunting for him? So yeah, that was inevitable. Yeah, he uh, went looking for him to sign a contract uh, so that they meet in the first one of our first matches. Okay, and uh, he's coming on, going to talk about that, but... He also happens to be a season ticket holder for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I got to root for him then. He just settled that for me. You know, he's been a season ticket holder. Last three years, he goes to all these different functions. He's been there seen the games, he goes to the games, he goes to the practices, he's friends with the players. He's also friends with one of the cheerleaders. Can't stand him. Poor guy. But we're going to, let's go ahead, we're going to bring him in in a second. As we talk about Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and, you know, I just don't understand it. I I really, I just don't understand it. I wouldn't care if your name is Tannehill, Alex Smith, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, okay? I don't care what your name is. If you don't have consistency in your coaching three years straight, if you don't have a consistent offensive line, you know, I hear he holds the ball too long. Well, you know what, folks? That might not be him. Maybe they're calling for a three-step drop, and because they're in their 900th offensive uh, scheme in the last five years, guys are still trying to figure out reads, adjustments, and everything else. So on a three-step drop, if he has to hold it because the guy's misread it or he's just not open, that's going to change the play. That's going to take time. But what if you don't have that time? Because your offensive line is porous or your offensive line is getting used to different schemes at different times, different reads. What if that was wrong? See, a lot can go wrong before a quarterback looks bad. Crazy numbers. JT, what is the number? And I'm sure I'm going to you because this is your team. What what is he like when he has time? Well, I mean, if we just take the Thursday night game. This past week, mm-hmm. 30 dropbacks, 15 without pressure. He had a 133.3 quarterback rating. 15 with pressure, 
He was sacked five times, went three for ten, and had a 0.0 quarterback rating. So pretty telling numbers all right there. Give the kids time, and he'll cut them apart. I, I, you know, and it's nothing different that I, I've been to the Miami practices. I know. I've seen him. I've seen what he can do. He's no different than most of the quarterbacks out there, other than he started playing quarterback in the NFL. He's still a college kid that was playing wide receiver. And he's doing rather well, considering you can't give him an offensive system year over year. Anyway, let's go ahead. Let's bring Mako in. Then we've got, oh, all right, yeah, we've got Mako on the line, and then we've got a list of callers. Let's try and get to as many people as we can. Mako, what's going on, brother? How are you tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Better than most, not as good as some, but better than most, Uh, thanks. Yeah, let's let's just get to Joey Cage real quick. He made it sound like he had to look for me. Dude knows where I am, so. I'm very I'm I'm looking forward to this match and uh, moving on to the next person because I can already tell this guy's a joke. So he knows where I'm at. If he wants to come see me, he can get to me before the match. Yeah, no, I think he's uh, he's content to wait till the ring. But yeah, I, I can definitely tell there's definite animosity between the two of you, and I'm really expecting. You know, I've watched your training regimen. I, I've watched his training regimen. You got two young guys that are trying to prove themselves in the sport. JT, you know how this goes, man. This this could be, right. you know, first match right out of the gate for these two against each other. You know, this could be an old-fashioned slobber knocker here. The way it should be. First match out, both guys trying to uh, assert themselves and establish dominance, establish position. I'm looking forward to it myself. Last time I you checked, can. they're supposed to be there impressing me. It's even easier than that. We've got somebody running around who thinks they're bigger than they are, so... It's all good. We're going to have fun. I'm, I'm excited for it, and uh, I'm not going to say much more. I'm just ready for it. Good. All right. All right. That's, and that's, all right. that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear from my guys, guys that are ready, looking for the challenge, and, and I look forward to seeing you in the ring, Mako, real soon. Um, let's go ahead. Let's start talking about Ryan Tannehill and all that and what you see as we've got people on the line waiting to come on in. Uh, real quick, before before I bring uh, some of these people in, because I want to find a hater. I want to find somebody who doesn't like him. Uh, where do you stand, first of all? And clearly, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you guys something real quick. To, these haters don't know what they're talking about. Some of them I ask if they even watch football. So um, what I'm going to get to is right now uh, how everybody's calling for Ryan to be benched, put Matt Moore in. Uh, Mr. Interception, Matt Moore, same guy, um, same guy they want to put in. So I, I'm, what I'm confused about is, like you said, how a young quarterback, he played two years of wide receiver at Texas A&M and two years of quarterback his last two years, how is a, a young quarterback supposed to master a system that keeps changing? So you've made that point. Let's go one step further. So let's go to the fact that so far this year, Ryan Tannehill, so other than the Seattle game, because that was a, a slow game for both that, honestly, Miami should have won. So I'm not even going to talk about that. I want to talk yeah, about Kenny the What's that? Yeah, Kenny Stills could have helped him out in that game a little bit. He could have. He could have. But, I mean, that missed field goal there, Kenny's drop. Let's talk about either one of those going through, and it was a win. Right. Uh, so 
you know, that game, um, I, we'll, we'll leave that out for simplicity's sake, but right now, Ryan Tannehill is at 63.8% completion percentage with 1,081 yards, six touchdowns, and an 87.3 quarterback rate based on all four games, but I'm going to talk specifically about these three because the Patriots have been said to be the best team in the league per everyone's power rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically I just wanted to get into the point that Ryan was 71% there for 387 yards and two touchdowns on a 93.5 quarterback rating with the Browns, which I was there and it was sloppy, uh, 64%, 319 yards, three touchdowns, and 92.9 uh, QBR, the Bengals game. 60%, right. 189, 80. So, that said, you have mm-hmm. Ryan Tanner with those numbers already. Well, who's number one ahead of him? The only one ahead of him? Andy Dalton, 1,234 yards. Ryan Tannehill is second in the NFL in yards right now. Drew Brees comes in at 1061 behind him. Quarterback ratings for those guys? Drew and Dalton, 66.4. Ryan, 63.8. I, I'm not sure yeah. what I'm missing. I, I'm not sure what these people think, but Aaron Rodgers yeah. has 58.5% completion rating for 617 yards. And I mean, he's elite, right? Cam Newton, 58.3%. He's elite. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 59.3%. Oh, wait. I don't get it. All right. You know, and you make some valid points. And let's go ahead. Let's start taking some callers. Let's find somebody, you know. You're on that side of the fence. JT's on that side of the fence. I'm sitting here going, you know, I think I see something, but I need more before I can say yes or no for sure. I do know this. I'm going to go through a list. I put together a list of quarterbacks, and I want you and whoever we can get on here to uh, sit here and talk about some of the quarterbacks on this list and whether or not they would take Ryan Tannehill before this player or not. So, you know, we've got different people. Let's see. Let's go to the callers on the line. Hi, how are you? You're calling in the fantasy jester. Who do we have tonight? How are you doing, Jester? This is Henry. What's up, Henry? How are you? Uh, You're calling in about the Ryan Tannehill debate? Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. What part do you want me to dissect first? You know, well, they were uh, let me ask trophies. you, which side of the fence are you on? Oh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the hater. I'm one of the haters uh, of, of Tranny Hill. You know, I, okay. I've, I've seen this guy for four going on five years, and he just isn't wired like a quarterback. If they were giving out Super Bowl trophies for yards, for completion percentage, hey, you know what? He'd be in the top five. But you know what? They give out Super Bowl trophies for winners. You got to win. You got to you gotta win games when the game is on the line. You got to get that. You got you to gotta avoid eight three and outs in a row. How can you tell me he is a good quarterback if he does eight three and outs in a row? It, it's hey, impossible. Who, bro. who was our starting uh, What's that? Back? It doesn't matter. We it, it doesn't matter. They ran they ran the ball well this past week. That means the offensive line did, 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 did some good run blocking. He had time to throw. He had more than two point eight seconds to throw. Don't tell me he might have had one or two times when he didn't. But for the most part, he had time. But he sits back there 
and he stares, 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 Strong. long, slow delivery. What happens? It's either batted down, intercepted, and since he isn't the most accurate quarterback in the world, it's usually incomplete. I mean, I, mean, I, I speak for 100% of the Dolphin fans when they say, this guy is a hard worker, this guy is smart, this guy is athletic, but I can speak for 80% of the Dolphin fans when I tell you he doesn't get it. They've gone through three head coaches, three offensive coordinators, three general managers. They, they, they've changed. Hold on, who's trying, hold on one second. All right. No, and I'll get right back with you in a second. I'm not done yet. You know, okay, go ahead. I'm not done yet. You know, All right, yeah, no, 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 hold on. But I want I want the guys to be able to address each thing little by little. I'll let you continue. Okay. Don't worry, I'm not I'm not going to let you not get yours in. Trust me. J, okay. uh, All right. JT, do you want to take some of this first, and then uh, I'll well, let I mean, Henry continue, and then I'll let Ryan go on on whatever he says. You know, I I understand what Henry's saying. I get it. I've been a Dolphin fan my whole life. I'm 41 years yeah. old. You know, I haven't seen much, but. What I have seen from Tannehill is a lot better than I've seen from Ray Lucas, A.J. Feely, Jay Fiedler, Matt Moore. The guy has the talent, but when you got a bum like Juwan James who can't block for more than two seconds on the right side, it's going to be hard to get that ball out of there. The running game, the running game could save Tannehill. We need to get the running game established. J.T., we had a 1,000-yard rusher for the past three or four years. We did. Lamar Miller ran for almost a thousand yards. He averaged five yards a game, five yards a rush he wasn't for his enough career. Wasn't huh? given enough carries. We need to run the ball more and let Tannehill play action. They, I mean, let me ask you something. Let me, Henry. Let me ask you something. Yeah. I've got a list. All I've right. got a list here of quarterbacks. Okay. Okay. And I, I want your honest opinion on whether or not you would take this quarterback over Ryan Tannehill. And I, I've got a dozen, to me, I've got a dozen quarterbacks that I went down this list so that you know whose list this is. This is my list of guys I would take Ryan Tannehill over in this league that have started. You were able to find 12 guys alive? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Hold on now. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. All right, all right. All right, I'm going to listen. Guys that started at the that have started a game at quarterback this year, you've got guys like RG three, Case Keenum, Hoyer, Gabbert, Tyrod Taylor. You got guys right now who are under who are right around him, Osweiler, Bradford. Let me ask you something: Would you take Sam Bradford over Tannehill? No, no. But I, okay. the the thing is, Jester, it's not that who I would take. I think we need to start developing and to start going and drafting another quarterback. Maybe we have him in Dowdy, uh-huh. but I know Matt Moore is not the answer. But no. uh, Ryan Tannehill has never earned the starting quarterback position. He got he got drafted, and then he was he was anointed. The, the franchise quarterback. And he's not yep. a franchise quarterback because in the end, he's not any better than Hoyer and RG3 and Dow and whatever, all the other guys. They're all 
they're all journeyman quarterbacks that you name. So this guy yeah, is a journeyman quarterback. Now, now, I'll tell you, Jester, one thing because I, I want to tell you. Now, tell yeah. me a franchise quarterback. Give me mm-hmm. a list of franchise quarterbacks because that's what that's what this guy is. He's a franchise quarterback. Give me a all list right, of franchise quarterbacks sure. that, that, that you would take over Ryan Tannehill. I've got one. Tell me. Go ahead. Okay, so, again, I will repeat that Ryan Tannehill has the second most passing yards in the NFL this year under a 63.8 completion percentage. Aaron Rodgers, 58.5. Newton, 58.3. 59.3. All while playing with a starting lineup of Tunzel, Turner, Urbic, Bushrod, James. So we have Pro Bowl left tackle Brandon Albert out. Pro Bowl center Mike Pouncey out. So this forces Tunzel, who hasn't played tackle since college, over to the tackle spot from guard. That was and then six again, months ago. Actually, still, now he's back to tackle. Yeah, seven months ago. So yeah. college, so he, NFL, that's his natural he, position, by the way. Tunzel's a natural but, left tackle. Again, okay, so he's been converting to the left guard position this whole time. Now, in four days' notice, off of a, a sloppy game, he has to change positions again. Four days, not six months. Four days to go back to that position in a team where he has no support right next to him, because Billy Turner is a chump. Okay, you want to talk about useless people in this world, Billy Turner is one of them. All right? Hold on, guys. Billy, guys. We're, we're not talking hold about Billy Turner second. here. You know no, what? Hold on, I, second, I, got, guys. I got a response for you, guys. I got a response for you. I let you talk. You want to let me talk? Uh, of course. Go ahead. I'm tired of numbers. The, okay, uh, uh, the point on. is that you have one, two, three, four, five backup players coming in on the team. It's a four-letter word, not one. So you have four, five backups on the field. You have your only starters are your wide receivers, Bushrod and James. That doesn't give me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. So Ryan Tannehill, after four days with this uh, uh, replacement team, gets to come up against Cincinnati at home, also desperate for a win. First drive, great. So let's go to the defense because Cam Wake's on the field, not one every three plays because, again, our defense is a problem. Bro, where are you going with it? You're going to replay the whole game? I'm trying to get the entire Hold on, Ryan. Mako, hold on one second. Hold on, Mako, hold on one second. Yeah, Jeff, and I'm Henry, Henry, you. go ahead. Henry, I'm going to let you go ahead, get yours in there, and then I do have a question for you about this, and, and I want to see what your answer is. So you go ahead. I got okay. Mako on hold. This way you can get your point out there. I heard uh, Mako's. I want to hear yours. Hold on. Go ahead. I, I want. I'm trying. I don't critique Ryan for one game. I'm critiquing mm-hmm. Ryan for four and a half seasons. We've seen the same thing. We've seen the coaches come and gone. We've seen the players come and gone. We've seen the defense. We've seen everything, the front office. We've seen the stadium get renovated. We've seen everything come and gone. And he is, he is the one constant. When you have cancer of the stomach, you don't start amputating toes and fingers <laughs> until you get to the cancer. <laughs> This guy is the cancer. You, eventually you go like, well, I think, Mr. Smith, your, your, stu- your stomach cancer, you still have it. 
let's let's get rid of the stomach cancer in your stomach rather than start amputating right. everything else. Okay, and you made and, your point. Now let me let me ask you, you this question, Henry. And, uh, and let me let me get it out there. Let me qualify it, and then I'll ask you the question. And I, I really want to hear your response to this. Okay, you have. Okay. Let, let's take out the name Tannehill. Let's just enter quarterback. Quarterback okay. is in an offensive system now because you're in a new offensive system with Gase there. So new quarterback is in new offensive system this year. First year system. You're on game number four of, uh, of the season for this quarterback. He is not playing behind your team's best offensive line. And he is getting a, comp- forget yards, completion percentage in the 60s. What is the problem? I don't what understand. And I'll tell you right now. Uh, Jester, the problem is that he gets his numbers and he gets his yards when they don't count, when it doesn't matter, when the game is not on the line. If you can, and that's the truth, and you can look it up, he has the 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 worst third, not the worst, one of the worst third down uh, completion percentages in the league. Not one year throughout his entire career, he has the worst fourth quarter completion percentage. In, in almost in the, in the NFL, I mean, he's 29, 30, 31st in the entire mm-hmm. NFL. Those are when mm-hmm. games are on the line. We get desperate as stall fans because you see a Ryan Tannehill, the, the microcosm of uh, a perfect micro uh, example of Ryan Tannehill is the New England game. They're down by 30. New England is mm-hmm. going to prevent defense. They're rushing three. They don't give a crap. They just want this game to get over, and Ryan Tannehill throws for 300 yards. And and you look at the numbers, and you go like, man, my Dolphins kicked ass today. No. Mm-hmm. No. And no. It's all a mirage. You know, I in the end – What would you it, do it, with the rest of the season, Henry? What would you do with him or the rest of the season have, for the Dolphins then? You know what, bro? It, it, this season is done. They're going to give him all season. They're probably going to give him to game 12 to get his act together. But we need to find a replacement. And I don't mean find a replacement in RG3 or in any any other guys. Because a good example is the Cowboys. A good example is the Eagles. You don't need uh, to go find one of these journeyman quarterbacks to replace the journeyman quarterback that you just got rid of. Right. You know, he's just not a quarterback. Yes, one last question, Henry. Let JT ask you one last question, then we got to move on, my brother. Okay. So, Go I'm ahead, a Dolphins JT. fan here. I'm like someone like a Brad Kaya coming in next year. Are you looking at something like that? Of course, man. There's going to be there's going to be plenty of court. We should have been drafting a quarterback every year, not in the first round, not in the second, but maybe third, fourth. Dak Prescott is was a fourth round quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, we should have, but because of pressure and we didn't want to hurt Tannehill's feelings because he's a delicate, I mean, he's a delicate child. I mean, we we never never drafted a freaking quarterback until this year we we drafted Dowdy, you know. So it's like we need to draft a quarterback. We need to make it priority. You know what I 
would do, bro. JT, I would trade the first pick in the draft. Hopefully we don't have it. Hopefully we do. And I <laughs> and I trade. I trade. You know, I, it's it's like who do we suck for this year? The, the, right. So right. It's, I, I would trade it to New England and sign Jimmy Garoppolo. I would trade it. I would go like, all right, here's the number one pick. We're gonna trade it for Jimmy Garoppolo. Sign him for a six-year fucking contract. Can I say that word? No, 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 no more F-bombs. But that's okay. Guess what? And, and coincidentally, um, not, it wasn't cause of the F-bomb, but our time on the segment is uh, drawing uh, to a close. Henry, thank uh, you so much for calling it. in tonight. Thanks, Henry. Really appreciate the phone call, my man. And, you know, right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. Just in my opinion, I'd like to see what Ryan Tannehill is doing in a gay system once he's had at least more than four NFL games under his belt and with a better line. I'm not saying you're wrong about things. I know, hey, listen, my bugaboo is this. He fumbles the ball way too much, and it's a Uh, simple fix. Just have him put two hands on the ball until he's ready to deliver. That's a coaching thing. They should be coaching that young man. Henry, again, Thank you so much for calling in, brother. Enjoy the games. I, I know you're frustrated. A lot of Dolphin fans are frustrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got, you know, Mako. I know Mako. I know you're frustrated with your team, brother. Okay. But, you know, let me ask you something, Mako, as we close out this segment. Who do you feel? I, I'm watching the Dolphins' backfield. And that can't be helping either because you want continuity in a running game. When you look at the uh, the uh, the Giants, <laughs> the Dolphins backfield, who do you want to see back there uh, carrying the rock if it's not Foster? Uh, Thirteen attempts, four yards, four point nine yards per attempt. Twelve is the long one touchdown for Kenyon Drake. They put a third round pick into him. Uh, he deserves to be back there. He proved it in the Browns game, carrying five guys. He's a 220-pound one cut. Like, really? Most people don't realize mm-hmm. how much power this one Like cut him has. as well. Uh, it's so, just, he's yeah. got an injury yeah. history in college. The guy's ding so a lot. That's the only part. Um, yeah. So my point is that the next person behind him is mm. Ryan Tannehill. With 4.5 yards per attempt, 17 is the long on the team. He has 54 yards on the 12 attempts. I mean, running for his life. We don't have a running game. Ryan Tanner yeah. is second on our team in rushing statistics, too. Arian Foster has a 2.9-yard average. Jay Ajayi, 4.2. And Jay's showing signs of light, but, again, he should have showed more. And Kenny yeah. Drake deserves a chance to get warmed up to really get it. into the game and lead and and have some pressure taken off Ryan. And if we can get this starting line back, we are going to close out the year very well. Ryan's shown how he can throw the ball deep. He's hit Devontae deep. Landry is second in the NFL in everything, in, in being a receiver, in receptions, in catches, only to Antonio Brown. You're going to tell me a crappy quarterback makes Jarvis Landry number two in the NFL in receptions and yards? Uh, no. So, I mean, if we had a running game and we had an offensive line that could protect, we would be doing just fine. Gotcha. Gotcha. And with that, Ryan, 
good old Mako, the man, the myth, the legend. Thanks so much for joining us. Brother, I can't wait. You know, you and Joey Cage, I'm telling you, folks, you're going to want to see Mako in the ring, okay? It's going to be absolutely insane. I have had the opportunity to watch Mako training, okay, for his bout in the ring with Joey Cage. Joey Cage going at it just hard as ever. So, going to be a good matchup. Really looking forward to that. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Henry, for joining us on that segment. Wow. JT. Yeah. Passionate yeah. You know, about I, it, man. You know? You know, I have to say, I mean, you know, both make good points. Um, if I had to, if I had to sit and make mine, I'm, you know, lifelong Dolphin fan as well. Like I said on Twitter, I understand what Darius Rucker means when the Dolphins make me cry because I get that now. <laughs> hey, Jeff, yeah, a real quick, uh, little quick yeah. inside uh, update for you here. Chicago Sun-Times is breaking the story. The White Sox will replace manager Robin Ventura with bench coach Rick Renteria next season. Wow. That's wow. interesting. Right. They had just talked about uh, keeping him on, so that's interesting. In a Yankee-esque move, yeah, yeah, we're keeping you fired. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's something the Yankees would pull. I love it. All right, folks. Wow. Whew. What a night it's been. Okay. So let's get this straight so far. So far, we've talked about Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Major League Baseball playoffs. Right. We've talked about David Ortiz. Yes, we have. WWE? Mm-hmm. TNA? Ooh. Yeah. Meltzer. Meltzer and uh, him not exactly reporting the facts correctly. I just wish he'd report the facts correctly. You say you're inside. Yeah. Please be inside and t- the facts correctly. Am I wrong on that, JT? I mean, people are trusting No, I guy. mean, if, if, if you've got people out there that follow you that feel like your word is gospel because they feel you're truthful and you're reporting incorrect facts makes it kind of hard to be an insider that someone trusts. Yeah, exactly. And I'm starting to, that's the funniest part though, is, you know, I've come into this whole wrestling world and nothing against Mr. Meltzer, but I'm starting to see I'm more of an insider than he is because there's, there's information I know about that quite clearly he doesn't know about it. And I'm not just talking about the purchase of TNA. I've questioned him. He can't answer simple questions. I asked him uh, a particular wrestler, their real name, because what they give is their real name isn't even their real name. So I wanted right. to see if the insider, the insider knew what I was talking about. And the insider has no clue. That's how inside. I've been at this for six months. Meltzer's been at it for I don't know how long. Well, maybe he's had his head inside the sand, you know, so it's possible. Inside the sand, yes. We'll leave it at that. Very good. Um, moving along, and as we yeah. wrap up now, you know, we've been talking about football, talking about Tannehill, and now – Probably my favorite part because I am the fantasy jester and it's my chance to talk about fantasy sports. JT, hit me with it. My brother, we have King's Ransom, Fool's Gold for your entertainment. Right. Uh, guys that a lot of people have asked me about on Twitter, 
Pharrell Pryor coming off of probably his most impressive game of his career at wide receiver, at quarterback. Do you see him going forward as a wide receiver number one? Is he King's Ransom as that, or do you see him as Fool's Gold just had a good game? Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say, uh, I'm going to have to say King's Ransom in this, okay? I believe uh, he is a one or a two, depending on matchups, because of his quarterbacks. He is clearly, because of his ability to run the ball, looks like they're going to use him a little bit in different packages at quarterback. Plus, he's going to catch the ball. It seems like the, a good portion of the Cleveland offense is going to run through or be thrown into his hands. So, I'm thinking wide receiver one on, on a good amount of occasions, but definitely no worse than a wide receiver two. He's a guy that I went ahead in the leagues uh, that I play in. Uh, I went ahead, and this year I joined in a couple of the Yahoo leagues, the uh, public. They, uh, you know, it's money leagues, the pro leagues, where you put down a couple dollars and all that. Not just, you know, leagues with my friends and all that. Because all the leagues with my friends, Terrell Pryor was already taken. Uh, but in the Yahoo leagues, he was uh, widely available, and I snatched him up. And he is firmly entrenched in my number – well, I have him at number three just simply because of how I draft. I can't – on the one team, I can't put him ahead of uh, Beckham and Hopkins. So he is my number three. Um, so just the way I go about things, guys, in my drafts, I draft kind of weird, not the norm. And, um, it happens to work for me. Hey, everybody does their own style. And as long as you have a draft theory, you're ahead of a lot of people out there because there's some people drafting that ha- don't even have that. So, uh, no, clearly, King's Ransom. All right, let's go to the running back position. With Jeremy mm-hmm. Langford doubtful for the game this week at home, I believe, versus the Lions, in steps rookie Jordan Howard, who came in last week against mm-hmm. Dallas, nine carries, mm-hmm. 45 yards. Four catches, 47 yards. Is he King's Ransom this week, or is he full gold? You know, uh, I, I, love, uh, I love me some Jordan Howard here, folks, uh, just so that you know. I, I'm going, listen, first of all, uh, Langford's out four to six weeks because of the ankle. That's what they're saying now. Uh, last report it I heard. That. Yeah, last, four, uh, last report I heard, four to six weeks. Jordan Howard, I'm telling you, folks, not only is he uh, – King's Ransom this week. He is this week and next week. Look at the matchups he's got this week, and then he's got Indy next, the following week. So, you know, you're talking about a 21-year-old kid out of the University of Alabama, Birmingham, all right, who he's not – all right, he had 12 attempts so far this year, 67 yards for a 5.6 average. And everybody goes, well, you know, eh, that's a small sample size. Let me explain something to you about Jordan Howard. First of all, Jordan Howard is 6'1", 222. He's not a small man. He is a very powerful running back, and he's showing he can catch the ball. Again, really didn't do it a lot in college, but so far he's had eight targets. He's caught six of them for 56 yards, so he's showing an ability to do something that he really wasn't called upon to do. 
But when you look at his yards per carry so far this year and you try to put them out over a full game and everything, can he get that 5.6 a carry in the games? And the, question, the answer is yes to that question. The answer is yes. This is what he does. The last three years in college, he averaged 6.1, 5.2, 6.2. So that 5.6 is right in there. This is just what he does. Get used to that, folks. In just two years in high school, you know, I, I follow my running backs. Cause of our leagues, uh, JT, for the people out there, I play in two in particular leagues. Of, of the, I think we're in three together, JT? Yes. Of the three, the two CBS leagues are really heavy running back leagues. So I've paid attention to Jordan Howard, okay, as we came into this draft this past year. Two years of high school, this kid ran for almost 3,000 yards his junior and senior year. Howard is the real deal. He's the real deal for the next four to six weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised after Langford comes back if Jordan Howard doesn't stay the starting running back. Wow. Definitely. King's Ransom. King's Ransom. All right. Let's go back to the wide receiver position. The guy that a lot of people thought was going to be the number one wide receiver in Detroit with Calvin Johnson retiring, Golden Tate. 13 Mm. catches for 94 yards so far this season against a Bears defense that's been prone to give up the pass. King's Ransom, fool's gold. He's a tweener, because I think they're finally going to get him something this week just simply to keep him happy, because there is such a disparagement between his numbers, okay, and Jones. Jones is seeing the ball a lot more, is getting the numbers, is really become – Stafford's number one guy. So here's Golden Tate again playing second fiddle. And I think this could I, – I, I could go King's Ransom for possibly this game, you know, but not much past it because you know what? Stafford really does like Jones. He gives him a great target. And here's the craziest thing, okay, is that right now after four games – his passer rating, Stafford's, is better than when he had Megatron. That's just ridiculous. Yes, it is. That's just a ridiculous stat, folks. Um, no, I, like I said, he's kind of a tweener. Uh, depending on who else I have on my team, I take him. Daily Fantasy, guys? No, just stay away. Go ahead. Let's move, let's move on to the running back position again. A battle of former Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde versus mm. Elliott this week. This should be a fun matchup. Now, as we talked about on the Gridiron, guys, Dallas is weak up the middle. Hyde's mm-hmm. a power runner. Do you see him as a King's Ransom this week, or is he a full gold? You're talking about two guys that are King's Ransom this week. You got two guys here that are capable and probably will both put up, okay, 100 yards apiece. They're probably both good for t- – it's going to be one of those games where, you know, Hyde's not going to want to get outdone and unless Chip Kelly is – Chip Kelly, I mean, he's capable of messing up a wet dream. Um, 
and, and Zeke is getting the ball. I mean, you know, he struggled early to find those holes, but, you know, last week we're starting to see why he was taken early in the draft, why people took him early in fantasy drafts. So, you know, yeah, of course there's going to be that little bit of a rivalry. And because between the rivalry, the weakness up the middle of Dallas, go ahead, start Carlos Hyde this week. He is, he is definitely a king's ransom on that one. All right, let's go to that quarterback position. James mm. Winston against Denver, coming off a, a game in which he went 36 of 58 for 405 yards, three touchdowns. Is he a king's mm. ransom this week versus Denver, or is he fool's gold? Yeah. You know, here's here, – it's, it's – uh, give me a second here. Let me probably – that one you got me on. This is a good one. This is a good one. And I'll tell you why, all right? Because you're playing against a team in Tampa when Denver has the ball, uh, that their defense really is just looking very suspect right now. I'm just really, it's just not a good defense yet. Um, so Denver's going to put points on the board. But the Denver defense is a monster to play against. Now, so if you are in a league um, that is counting completions, uh, attempts, things like that, you're going to see a lot of come from behind, even garbage time stats from him. I look for, I look for decent stats out of him just simply because he's been a, a pretty solid play so far. Um, but I look for him to be getting his stats more from behind than a case of obviously Tampa Bay uh, dominating the, def- uh, the Denver defense. I think the idea that, you know, you're looking at a game that is going to be played in Tampa, so the, they'll have the home crowd there. I, you know, hey, listen, you got the corners uh, of Denver, and you, you just the whole, really, the whole Denver defense. So I can expect the guy I've mentioned before to get another touchdown this week. Look for Cameron Brate, going to get another one of those, okay, in there to him. So, yeah, I can still see. You know, I can see him having to throw the ball a lot. I can see him on his back a lot, too. Okay, but I can see him having to throw the ball a lot. So, yeah, I'm going to go King's Ransom on that. Okay, now this next one is going to be a first for us in King's Ransom Fool's Gold. This is kind of a two-parter. As some people have pointed out to me on Twitter, Chris Moore, thank Mm. you, at user Bryce, Willie Sneed is not officially listed as out yet. So I'm going to ask you, if Willie Sneed – does not play tomorrow, do you see Michael Thomas, who would then step into that position as a King's Ransom or Fool's Gold? If you do see Snead playing, how do you evaluate his matchup? Uh, well, okay. Snead, if he plays, I treat, I treat Snead if he plays the same way I handled Gronk when he first, you know, came back and started playing. Stay away from him. He's going to, if he plays, it's going to be limited, okay, just because they really need him out there, okay? That's just, that's just the way I see that whole stay away from Sneed this week. Just don't even bother, folks. Now, gold this as far week, as, okay. yeah, 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 no, no doubt. Now, Michael Thomas, he caught seven passes on 11 targets, 71 and a touchdown, okay, he came into the uh, game. He had the added opportunity with, with Snead's toe injury. 
So, you know, the former Ohio State guy is going to be King's Ransom because you're going to see a lot of Thomas and Fleener, Thomas and Fleener again in this game. So, yeah, I, I see I, – I don't see that 11 targets changing this week. I don't see the seven catches on the 11 changing. The 71 yards are negotiable. I see over 100 this time, okay, him being able to break one a little bit more. And the touchdown clearly in a Drew Brees offense, definitely possible. King's ransom on uh, Michael Thomas. We got uh, just a short time. Quick one in there. Go ahead. Tight end. Kyle Rudolph off to a great Mm. start this season, playing Monday night versus the Giants. King's ransom, full gold. Mm. You know, the Giants have, oddly enough, gotten better at uh, covering the tight end, but they're still middle of the pack, still middle of the pack. I can see probably, uh, depending on if you're a PPR league, I'm going to go with, oh, hold on, I got the computer running as we're running out of time. Hurry up. Oh, my God. I'm under such stress. Help me. Kyle Rudolph, five catches, 65 yards and a touchdown. That's it, folks. You put it as King's Ransom or Fool's Gold, however you want to put five catches and a touchdown. Depends, PPR league or not. Anyway, Fantasy Justice Show. Thanks so much for joining us. I've been the Fantasy Jester. That's been JT. Join us next week. We have one hell of a show planned for you. Have a great night, everybody. I am out of here. If you had one shot or one opportunity seize everything you ever wanted one moment did you capture Yo, his arms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface.